0: Joe Biden decides to visit Ukraine for the one-year anniversary of the Russian-Ukrainian war. And his America Last policies hurt Americans at home as there's been a train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, for the past two weeks. And no one from the Biden White House has decided to visit. And so instead, Donald Trump decides to head there instead. And what happens all of a sudden? All of a sudden, the Biden White House wants to get involved. It just seems crazy to me. That it took Donald Trump himself announcing that he was going to East Palestine in order to get the Joe Biden White House to finally head there. But even still, Joe Biden had to make his visit to Ukraine first, show that America supports democracy and whatever high abstract other whatever is that he might have, you know, up his sleeve. All that and more here on the based and free Gen Z podcast. what's up, everybody and welcome back to the show I'm one of your hosts Connor dill and this it's this way that comes uh, I'll, I'll get it right it's this way I point this way Use the different hand. where I put you okay. on the screen I put you over here all right so
1: I'm on the left side of the screen
0: I put you to the left so you'll point to the right I'm right. on the le- I'm on the left side of the screen you're on the right okay but like when I point to you I have to point to my left you must you'll have to point to your right.
1: I'm just not going <laughs> to point. You're going to point. You're good. You don't,
0: have, you don't have to point. I'm just going to point to you because I'm introducing you as well. So, Okay. Anyway. And also, at any point while we're talking about these issues, don't be afraid to interrupt me because this is more like a panel type deal, I guess. Yeah. When, like I speak, then you speak. Like at any point you need to interrupt, just go for it. Gotcha. Welcome back to the show. My name is Connor Dill, and this is our other co-host, Grant Hernandez.
1: What's up, everybody? Good to be back.
0: All right, and so before we get into our discussion on the East Palestine uh, train derailment incident that happened about two weeks ago, and Joe Biden's failures as a U.S. president uh, regarding that issue, but I mean, obviously, there's much more. There's a couple things that I think that we should talk about first. Some other things that have happened. Over the past week that I want to get to first. So the first thing is John Fetterman, senator from Pennsylvania. Obviously, you know, when he was campaigning, he had a stroke uh, that severely has hindered his ability to, you know, understand language. Uh, So he has to have a lot of things written down. He has to listen to a lot of things. Um, So it's very hard on him as a senator himself just to, like, basically function as a senator like obviously all of those things are very important to function as a u.s senator um but uh this past weekend john fetterman uh entered himself into george washington hospital i think it's george washington hospital uh, anyway the, the the main hospital down there in washington dc i do actually, actually probably not george washington i don't even remember what it's called but walter reed anyway he's walter reed yeah he entered himself into walter reed hospital for clinical depression So, obviously, Fetterman is not feeling very well, and honestly, putting partisan politics aside, obviously, I don't agree with Fetterman's politics in probably any shape or form. It's it's very sad to see. You know, just, obviously, the man is unwell, and he doesn't seem very fit for the office, and it's really sad because, really, it seems to me like his party and even his family have really forced him into a role that he's really just not able to handle at the moment, it seems.
1: Yeah, uh, it's very terrible uh, what we're seeing unfold here. Uh, It's nothing that I can't say that we're surprised about. It's stuff that we knew was going to happen, unfortunately. Uh, We warned them. We warned the voters of Pennsylvania. And uh, now we're unfortunately seeing that all unfold before our eyes. And so, you know, you can't help but, you know, pray for the guy and feel bad for him.
0: Yeah, definitely feel bad for the guy. It's terrible this has happened. Uh, We're hope that he's doing okay. Hopefully he kind of gets over this bout of depression in whatever way he needs to, whether it's medication or whatever. Uh, But you really do feel bad for the guy, even though he might be a liberal Democrat. Obviously, that doesn't matter. Uh, It's really sad to see that this guy is really struggling so much and... If anything, I would be calling on, you know, the people of Pennsylvania, the governor, whoever, to say, all right, maybe it's you shouldn't be doing this. Maybe you should step down, uh, things like that, because it just it really honestly, if you look at it from this perspective, it doesn't look good for the party. The port- party's really forced him into this role. Same thing with his family it just doesn't look good on any of you. It seems like you've really pushed him into this role that he just simply can't handle.
1: Absolutely. I, I honestly think that in the next coming weeks, we will see him resign. Uh, this is just my personal opinion. I think we will see him resign and then prop up another candidate, uh, whether that be his wife, who has expressed interest before in being the senator in Pennsylvania, or somebody different. But I definitely think that's that's what's coming.
0: It's very, very interesting indeed. Speaking of interesting, though, transvestite, Jeffree Star, has exploded in the conservative movement this week as he apparently says that the non-binary pronouns are just a little bit too far. And uh, we'll watch this clip. I'm not into all the other bullshit, I think. What other bullshit? The they and them. Yeah. And all that extra shit that we added during the pandemic because everyone mm-hmm. was so bored on their fucking houses. They just started to make up more shit and more, more shit. More stuff, more stuff. Yeah. That's why the like, conservatives like me because I'm just real. Yeah, you There's do no, have a conservative vibe they to and you. Them. You're trans. You're... Male or you're female. And you're standing on that. So mad when I say that. How are you a they? What the fuck does that mean? It's stupid, is what it is. Yeah. But you need someone like me that looks like me to say it. Because if you say it, it turns into you're homophobic, you hate trans people, you hate gays. And it's just how you feel. You don't hate anyone. You just think it's stupid. Yeah. So a lot of people in the conservative movement, after seeing transvestite Jeffree Star come out and say all this stuff about the theys and the thems and how it's all stupid. And things like that. A lot of people are applauding Jeffrey Star. The only problem is, is he continues to support the trans ideology of like, well, you're just trans. You're just a trans man or a trans woman or this and that or whatever. And I'm just going to tell you straight up, he just doesn't go far enough. Because as if if we really want to actually conserve something in this country. Just saying that you know the theys and the them's and the pronouns does not go far enough because there's this whole ideology that undermines the simple biological facts of man and woman. If you're a man, you've got a penis. If you're a woman, you have a vagina, and that's how we've always done it till about five minutes ago. And simply Jeffrey Star just doesn't go far enough. Obviously, Jeffrey probably wouldn't go that far because he's a transvestite and you know he's promiscuous and the ways of he that he lives and things like that. But to me, it just like the way that conservatives are going out here and applauding him, it, it just shows, honestly, a general trend in the way that the conservative movement actually has been playing out over the past 20 years, really, since the early 2000s. And basically that the liberal view of yesterday becomes the conservative view of today as the left continues to go farther and farther to the left. And so, at first, conservatives were, well, we shouldn't do anything with, you know, you know, the trans thing, shouldn't be here, and, you know, we, we don't need to, you know, appropriate that. And the, left's, and the left was like, no, we just want you to call us by what you want to call us. We're not trying to push our ideology on kids. And then, five minutes later, it's, actually, we do want to push this on your kids, and the conservatives are like, oh, well, but, you know, you can have your your pronouns and your they's and the them's, but uh, not on the kids. And then tomorrow it'll be, oh, well, we want pedophiles in schools teaching your kids about all these things and doing drag shows. And then the conservatives turn around and are like, oh, well – you can't have that, but we'll give you the, you know, the the they's and the them's and then, you know, your trans people and cutting and mutilating people. And it just seems to show this general trend that keeps happening in the conservative movement, in which case we're not actually conserving anything. We're just taking the liberal talking point from 20 years ago.
1: Exactly. And I think the problem that we're having in the conservative movement is that anybody who's not on our side says anything celebrity wise. We're so quick to post it. Without realizing, you know that the people have a, an extremely liberal platform, and they're so much liberal on other things. Even though they said one good thing, is then we praise them and prop them up, and I don't think that's the way to go about it. I think one of the good, uh, a good example of that is last week's Super Bowl uh, performance by Rihanna. You know, every uh, all these live action th- uh, organizations and pro life organizations were posting about how great it is, and she's doing that, even though we know. For a fact, that Rihanna is against or is for abortion and pushes it all the time. So, uh, I think that's something that the conservative movement has to start looking inwards and realizing are we either going to go 100% or are we going to be lukewarm about this? And obviously, in order to win, we have to be 100% about things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We've been lukewarm for way too long, and we've had too many people in the conservative movement just basically take anybody that might be somewhat left that says something that even we somewhat agree with though it doesn't go far enough, like I've said. Um, and we just take that like, oh, see, look, people agree. People agree. Look, all th- this leftist agrees with us. And it's like, I don't, I don't care if they agree with me or not. I still think it's wrong and you need to go farther. And so it's just really interesting to see a lot of people in the conservative movement. And a lot of people, even in the conservative movement, will say, oh, well, you're taking it too far. And, you know, you shouldn't be attacking Jeffrey for. But that's what the know, left he's, does. He's the still left kind of takes
1: things too far. Right. I mean. With everything they do, they take it a hundred percent or beyond that, and instead, you know, we grasp at the five percent good things that they say, and you know that just doesn't work out for us. It always backfires for the conservative movement. We got to stop that.
0: Yeah, we've definitely been on the defense for way too long of trying to really explain, you know, why we shouldn't quite go that far. But like, even though as we slowly shift to the left, instead of just saying, "Actually, no, this is where we draw the line. This is it." You None of this should be allowed. You know we should ban it in schools, ban it in public life, all these things, and just stick to our guns. And for way too long, we've been pretty liberal about all of our, you know, slowly moving with the liberals as their views go farther and farther to the left. It seems to me like we try to move left with them to try to pull back those to try to, I guess pull in the people that thought yesterday when they said, you know, Oh, we just want the pronouns, this and that and whatever, to be like, oh, well, look at the conservatives and try to get to vote with them even though most of those people are just moving to the left with the liberals. And so it's not like there's a lot of wiggle room there. And so it just doesn't make sense to me that the conservatives trying are trying to take the views of the liberals from five minutes ago and thinking that's going to pull in more votes – because in reality, the only way you're going to win on these issues is if you take a hard conservative stance and just convince people that this is wrong and this is not and, the way And don't
1: get me go. wrong. I, I totally understand the culture war, and that's something that we have to win, of course. But we can't give in to leftist ideology. We can't allow just small wins. We have to have big wins. We have to make conservative conservatism popular again.
0: Exactly, exactly. And speaking of not moving in the right direction— Time to finally get to our big story of the day. Joe Biden has visited Ukraine this week. And uh, uh, he decides to go there uh, right around the one-year anniversary of the invasion of Ukraine from Vladimir Putin and Russia. Um, and Russia wasn't too happy about that, even though the White House let him them know beforehand that Joe Biden was going to be there, I guess, to keep any missile strikes from taking out the president of the United States. Because obviously that'd be an act of war. Even if it was unintentional, obviously still. But Joe Biden visits Ukraine, uh, says he's going to spend more taxpayer dollars there. But all of this while Americans are suffering at home. These America last policies uh, showing their face once again as East Palestine, Ohio, continues to suffer with the toxic chemicals in the air and the water in their communities. Uh, and it's just a terrible thing overall. But I do want to show one clip of joe biden uh inside of ukraine uh just that we can take a look here because i i think it's quite funny what actually took place uh after this so let's uh take a look All right, so obviously that was a clip of Joe Biden walking through uh, Ukraine or Kiev in Ukraine uh, with uh, the prime minister or whatever you call him of uh, Ukraine. Uh, I, I don't even remember his name, Zelensky. Was it Vladimir Zelensky? Zelensky Vladimir or Zelensky. Whatever it,
1: you cannot tell me that that was not staged. I mean, come on, that lines up well, just too perfect. That <laughs> and the funny know, thing the is, the American we don't actually. Is out there don't in have, a war zone, and all of a sudden, you know, missiles are incoming and the sirens are going off. Come on, that lines up too perfect. I believe there's even a clip that we have of a CNN. Uh, clip
0: we, we don't have the clip actually pulled up. Uh, we, we couldn't find it, but there's a CNN contributor who goes on. He's in Kiev and he stands there as after right after Joe Biden walks through the the, the streets of Kiev and says, "It's crazy. I haven't heard sirens here in five days." And he even mentions the fact that it is like a lot of this, to me, seems like propaganda for the West to show, oh, look at how strong Joe Biden is. In reality, there honestly probably were no missiles even in the area, even as CNN has to admit, as uh, it seems now that they really can't seem to uh, defend Joe Biden much anymore. They're seeming to turn their backs on him even, which is honestly quite surprising. I thought they'd stick up for him a lot more, but even still, I think that's uh, quite incredible. But, I do want to shift back over to East Palestine. So obviously, Joe Biden being in Ukraine is uh, very far away from things that are actually happening at home that should actually concern the American president with American issues. Um, so East Palestine, obviously, if you don't know, uh, which I think most people do now, obviously, there's a train that derailed that had a t- bunch of toxic chemicals involved, uh, which released a bunch of other things like uh, different gases that were used as like mustard gas in World War One. Um and it's polluted the air polluted the water. Uh all sorts of different things. It's it's pretty sad to see. But um even with all that, and there's a bunch of clips out there that you can find of people throwing sticks and rocks in the water and you're seeing all this rainbow looking stuff. Almost like you put oil in the water. If you know if you've ever put oil in water, it's got that rainbowy looking color to it that kind of signifies that it's dirty or whatever. And you can see that in the water sources of East Palestine. But even still, both uh, the EPA administrator and the governor of Ohio have stated that they would wish to – or they would drink the water in uh, East Palestine. So uh, let's take a look. I want to thank
2: you for joining us this evening. Uh, But
1: first, I want to dive in on uh, a statement that your office released earlier today. You said uh, that there is no detection of contaminants in raw water from the five wells that feed into East Palestine's uh, municipal water system. The Ohio EPA is confident that the municipal water is safe to drink. Are you confident enough, sir, that you yourself would drink it?
2: Absolutely. Uh, If I was there right now, I would drink it.
1: What about you? Like would you return to these homes now? Would you feel comfortable bathing your children in the water or drinking that water? Based on the results of those homes that have been tested. Uh, if those test results have come back and said that the air quality is okay and the water is okay, I would remain in my home and I would drink the water.
0: All right, guys. So, you've said you'll drink the water? So where are you at? Go on down there. Drink some. I will per- I would personally if I could I'd personally personally pay for both of your flights to head to East Palestine Ohio, and make sure that you got a sip of that sweet delicious delicious. I can't even say the word anymore. Delicious contaminated water. It's it's just ridiculous all the the you know, the trying the, the, the actual misinformation going on and saying that, oh, yeah, everything's totally fine. Nothing to see here. These are not the droids you're looking for. You know, all this type of stuff. It, like, these people are saying that they will drink the water. But in reality, we know that they'll never head down there to East Palestine. And we and know that they'll never drink they the water. Even if they do,
1: even if they say they will, okay, that water is not the same water that they will drink on camera. And we know that to be a fact. That will not be the same water. Those residents are, uh, you know, you got to feel for the residents right now. Uh, you know, it's a poorly demographic town. Uh, it's it's really terrible what's happening there. It's being run. Absolutely. Um, it's it's a failure is what it is. And instead of being here on the ground in the U.S., Joe Biden's over in Ukraine, you know, like just giving our money away. The email yeah, is even... not on the ground with us here in East Palestine. I mean, nothing.
0: Yeah, and even uh Pete Buttigieg, uh, the Secretary of Transportation, nowhere to be seen. At least until I believe later today he finally showed up in East Palestine uh, after Ohio.
1: After Donald Trump. After Donald Trump shows up. It took yeah, so, a former president to show up before our you know, transportation secretary came.
0: Yeah, and even originally Joe Biden and FEMA were not going to send any sort of relief to these people either until of course Donald Trump announced that he was heading out to East Palestine, in which case Joe Biden and FEMA quickly reversed their decision and, and decided to uh give federal funds out uh to the people of East Palestine. And speaking of Donald Trump being in East Palestine, uh I do have a couple of video clips to show of Donald Trump. This first one is him simply walking in uh, to the McDonald's there in the city, and I think this is just an absolute fantastic clip. So let's let's take a look.
1: Hello, everybody. Hey, Miss President. How are we, how are you? we have a good cameraman over here. So everybody, um, enjoy your meal, and we're gonna.
0: Have a good day, Mr. President. All right, and so we don't have the full clip, but that's just part of Donald Trump heading into the McDonald's there, and obviously he walks in, and one of the first things he looks at him and says, he's like, I, I definitely know this menu better than most of you do. Talk to the people behind the counter there, and obviously, it's just like it's just one of like those funny Trump moments that you just look back at, and it's and it's just funny, you know one of those things you certainly laugh at, because honestly, he probably really does know that menu better than anyone else. Uh, truly a man you know, of the people, you could say. Yeah, truly a man of the people. I mean, honestly, it's probably a... That's one of the reasons why small-town America likes him so much, because yeah, he was born and grew up in you know, wealthy, a wealthy home with all this money and all these things, and he's been wealthy his whole life. And people in the establishment want to ask, well, why do these people you know, from rural-town America like Donald Trump so much, is because even though he grew up in those areas, he likes things like McDonald's, and that's something that Americans can relate to, and so while you wouldn't think of it mainly at first, it really is kind of a good political strategy to say that, you know, that Donald Trump liking McDonald's is a good political strategy because a lot of people can resonate with that idea as well, so I think that's a really good, uh, that's honestly a good political tool for Trump to yield, uh, and he's done it in other ways as well, but that's just one of the ways um, that he does that. And so also, we have another clip of Donald Trump uh, giving his speech uh, a little bit later on after the incident, and so I kind of want to point back to this just a little bit. So uh, let's take a look at this.
1: The incredible people that uh, helped us because we're bringing thousands of bottles of water, Trump water actually, most of it. Uh... Some of it, we had to go to a much lesser quality water. (laughs) You want to get those Trump bottles, I think, more than anybody else. But we're bringing a lot of water, thousands of bottles, and we have it in trucks, and we brought some on my plane today. But to that end, I'm pleased to announce that we've helped coordinate the delivery of the water and bottled water as uh, well as the tractor trailers full of it. We have big tractor trailers full of water. I think you're going to have plenty of water for a long time, maybe.
0: All right, we'll kind of we'll kind of uh, stop it right there. But uh, Donald Trump sits there and he's talking about it. It's like I brought a bunch of water. It's the Trump water. You're definitely gonna want that Trump water. And a lot of people on the left actually were like super furious about this. It's like, oh, Donald Trump, you know, is lining his own pockets with this Trump water, making. But he's like, he's giving it away. And it's, it's just water, but he's calling it Trump water just as like a, as a joke. You know, it's it's fun. It's supposed to be funny and it is funny, at least for people that, you know, actually have a sense of humor. Obviously, the left doesn't really have much of a sense of humor because they're they're on the left and everything is so horrible and terrible that they can't laugh at a simple joke. And that's just um,
1: his mannerisms. I mean, you know, I mean, if you look throughout Donald Trump's history of being on camera, my Trump water,
0: I had Trump the wa- Trump water, all right. And I'm <laughs> bringing it to you on all the trucks, all the trucks, every truck in America. On my plane, and it's just like that's just how Donald Trump is, and you know he's just making, cracking a joke and being funny, saying you know he, you're definitely you know, gonna want the Trump water, and he's but he's giving it all away, and people are saying oh well he's lining his pockets with his own, you know he doesn't care about you, he cares about the profits, and I'm like he's not that's his
1: own money, he, guys, he I mean, paid
0: for every bottle of water that's heading to East Palestine right now, and he's yep. not making a single dime off of them, you know it He's may doing be more than the water, federal he, government is doing right he, now. He paid for it himself. And it's just, it's insane that all so many of these lefties seem to want to really go after Donald Trump and really want to just like take him down for, they're always looking for something to get him. And I because just think it's orange absolutely man bad.
1: Insane. That's why. That's it. Orange that's man bad. Orange and that's man
0: a, bad. It's just terrible. It's just awful. And uh, yeah. speaking of people going after Donald Trump, Georgia. Going after to indict Donald Trump, uh, but uh, the grand juror. Or actually, before we move on to that, I actually do want to point out one thing. I almost completely forgot about this, and I, I want to get that today. I don't want to leave it off till the next time. Joy Behar of the View, everyone's favorite.
1: Joy, joy, know,
0: joy. F- you know, it's joy. It's Joy Behar. What can you say? Joy Behar says that East Palestinian residents. Got what was coming for them because they voted for Trump. Let's take a look. Regulations profit. for a second.
1: Because it seems to me that the Republicans are obsessed with this notion of the free market. And they don't like a lot of regulations. Because it means profit. We to deregulate, yeah. you get profit. But they, I know. Part of but, the for example, the, the, there switch. were very few plane crashes. Thank God.
2: And that's because the industry is highly regulated. We have to pay for regulations yeah, it, but just and safety standards. The Otherwise, where are we? We're all going to go up in flames. Norfolk Southern gives as much to Democrats as Republicans. It's a very powerful yeah. lobby that is trying to block regulation. And this train, to Sarah's point, two miles long with two full-time employees and a trainee on it. This and they didn't that even the entire. Because the last administration rolled it down to only one worker. They happened to have two. One thing Um, I just want to say is I do think this was an unforced error by President Biden. It was 20 days before we had Secretary Buttigieg go down, 10 days before he put out a statement acknowledging it. This is Trump country. He won by 40 points. It, it, he, wa- he is a president for all Americans, I believe that, but he needs to show do that they, he is. But it do was do time for him to be. I don't know why that they that would ever vote for him for somebody who, who, by the way, he placed someone with deep ties to the chemical industry in charge of the EPA's chemical
1: safety office. That's who you voted for in that district. Donald Trump. Who reduces all safety? He yeah, did. Just, in those but showed up at McDonald's and those that? voters yeah, saw th-
2: something on the ground that it, probably resonates in a way that the they I, but to they know. need to look past the photo ops, people, and Wait. say
1: who's doing the job here. Forget about the photo ops. Showing up go. is a big Showing thing. Up, I think, I is big think this community. is Donald Trump's fault.
0: Yeah. So Joy Behar basically tries to pin all of this on the deregulation by those evil Republicans. And how they deregulated all the safety, you know, requirements and all this stuff. In reality, simply what happened was, I believe it was the like uh, I think it was a I don't even remember what it was, but it wasn't the brakes on the train or whatever it was. I don't even remember what they were even claiming. Uh, it was it was quite funny. Um,
1: but you know, but, it, uh, it's insanity that she's you know the victims are the people of this town, and she's blaming them for their vote. Of Donald Trump, you know, she should be forced to apologize for that. That that makes no sense. That's totally. I mean, she literally says,
0: "She literally says this is who you voted for," and it's it's quite insane to me that you think it's like that you would even think to say that people of this town basically deserve what's coming to them because they voted for someone that you didn't like. It's just it's 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 seemingly crazy to me. But then again, nothing. Go Like, there's nothing that these people won't do to get their point across, and it's it's just horrible and terrible, and I hope Joy Behar will publicly announce an apology because that is just one of the worst remarks I've ever heard in my entire life. Like, absolutely terrible to say that the people of this town who've been struck by an unfortunate incident are somehow at fault because they voted for Donald Trump.
2: Not just because you don't apologized. like someone
0: just because you didn't like Trump, Joy Behar, does not mean that everybody that voted for him gets every sort of disaster that's coming for them. All right. Have yep. some compassion. But anyway, exactly. moving on to the next story uh, that I was getting ready to talk about, uh, obviously, Trump was being uh or they were trying to indict Trump in Georgia over a, about, I think it was an hour and a half video call with the Secretary of State there in Georgia, whose name I don't actually know, about basically claiming, they were trying to claim that Trump said that we don't have the votes, but uh, we won the state and you should overturn the results. But that's not actually what Trump was saying if you go back and listen to the clip. I don't have it pulled up or anything like that for you guys to listen. But Donald Trump obviously just states he's like, uh, I don't remember the exact quote, but he's like, I wish we had so many votes plus one. And basically what he's saying is that he knows that Trump, that he has the votes to win the state. And he just wants the truth to come out, basically. And he's telling the secretary of state there in Georgia, like, hey, you need to figure this out because we won the state. We actually won the state. And so currently in Georgia, they're trying to indict him for all these things. And uh, once again, someone steps in the way in the media somehow. So the Georgia Grand Jury four-person uh, has decided to speak out on some of the indictments. Uh, so let's take a look.
2: What do you want people to know about this process and about your work? That really, really, when it came down to it, we were just people looking into something. And that's worth it. Did you personally want to hear from the former president? I wanted to hear from the former president, but honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. Mm. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in. I just, I kind of just thought that would be an awesome moment. I can see how trying to get the former president to come talk to us would have been a year in negotiation by itself so it sounds like that was ultimately a <laughs> battle that you all decided not to wage. exactly that's that's kind of how it ended up was that and i'd be fascinated by what he said but do you think he would have come in and said anything groundbreaking or just the same kind of thing we've heard so at some point you don't need to hear 50 people say the same thing did you recommend charges against donald trump I really don't want to share something that the judge made a conscious decision not to share. I, I will tell you that it was a process where we heard his name a lot. Uh, we definitely heard a lot about former President Trump. And we definitely discussed him a lot in the room. And I will say that, uh, when this list comes out, you wouldn't, there are no major plot twists waiting for you. I don't want to speak. Out on something that the judge, like I said, consciously chose not to release at this point. I don't know if I would interfere with the DA's investigations. I don't know if I would interfere with procedures in some way. I just, I very much do not want to cross that line.
1: Why do they always look like this? What,
0: we, we can we find? It'd be great if we could just find something or 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 anything or, you know, I don't. I would I would love to swear in the. The former president and, you know, uh, get 60 seconds with him be like, do you solemnly swear? They always had this look in their eyes of just like... Major Trump
1: derangement syndrome going on. I mean, what is going on? It's
0: absolutely insane what what we heard from this lady. And so the things that she said, like you would have heard about, like, for example, the way that she said being able to just find anything. That obviously hurts you quite a lot because obviously you've ruined the whole point of the case. It's like I mean you obviously you have to find something credible, but now you've stated that your goal was just to quote Innocent find until proven anything. guilty,
1: right? Now they're just going for anything.
0: Yeah, it's actually it's it's pretty insane. Uh definitely a witch hunt, though Emily Coors, the the grand jury foreperson person who we just heard from, might be taking the idea of a witch hunt a little bit too seriously so if you, we'll head over here uh, to Twitter a little bit and Charlie Kirk did a great idea uh, to find this really she decided to really put the witch in a witch hunt and so uh, a Pinterest board of hers or multiple Pinterest boards of hers were found she's doing witchcraft just like so straight turns up, out she just is involving witchcraft witch. so she's doing witchcraft r- witchcraft magic all these sacred rituals and stuff. So, as Grant said, turns out she's actually a witch. I mean, this is the former. That's for not this. exactly I mean... how a witch. That's not exactly how a witch hunt supposed to go, because technically, it would be the the masses hunting down a witch. But uh, in this case, the a witch hunt, I guess, technically is an actual witch trying to hunt down the former president. So, uh, I just think that's quite ironic. I think it's super funny just the fact that she's actually a witch, and probably explains the whole. You know, if we could just find anything, or I'd love to just get sixty seconds. Why does seconds, she move like uh, that? What is going with on the, the, with the with the former president and <laughs> the way she like stares the camera like through her eyebrows and wants to wants to indict the former president? It's 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 absolutely crazy, and so I think that's just absolutely hilarious, and it just kind of shows like these are the people that we're actually dealing with. Um,
1: and this is why we can't take them seriously
0: because of things like exactly this. it's, and like they want us to take this seriously like, you you know you need to listen to what you need to hear what we found because you know we're just ordinary people, you know from the state that they they've picked out at random and so all of our findings are definitely credible and we're not at all crazy or, God forbid witches or something. <laughs> oh my god! <gosh>. Exactly, <laughs> I, I can't help but laugh. It's just. It's just so funny that, like, these are the people that we actually deal with on a regular day basis yeah. in the 21st century. It just – it blows my mind that, like, in, in reality, the culture war is a war that definitely needs to be fought because if we don't do anything, people like this are going to run our country. As if – I say that as if they don't already do, but uh, they're going to impose even more restrictions – Uh, on liberty and freedom and all sorts of things like that so and
1: the culture war is totally winnable we just have to show up and do
0: it exactly if conservatives will just show up and give an alternative rather than just playing defense it's definitely a thing that we can win and that kind of goes back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier when we were talking about jeffree star Yep. in other news i've got it pulled up right here on my trusty ipad that i like to use to read some things. This has uh, been posted on multiple uh, news sources, but I've got this pulled up on the dailywire.com. Um, And this is detransitioner Chloe Cole announces official lawsuit against her uh, doctor that basically performed the surgeries, I won't list his name, for, quote, medical negligence. So, obviously, uh, Chloe Cole, a detransitioned 18-year-old woman, uh, she was a woman, became a man, and then detransitioned back into a woman. It was announced the first official lawsuit uh, in the U.S. Um, and the affili- affiliated medical group uh, that facilitated her medical transition as a minor. And this happened actually a couple days ago as well in Canada. Uh, and we we're seeing that popping up more and more and more. And so uh, here uh, is the quote uh, that from this article. It says, Chloe's family sought medical treatment for her at Kaiser. Um, said Harmit K. Tillon, uh, the attorney and CEO of the Center of American Liberty. Uh, And he says, quote, again, her physicians and other medical professionals violated the first norm of the profession, the Hippocratic Oath, when instead of caring for her and providing medically competent diagnosis and treatment, they permanently disfigured her for profit. So obviously, this is a very good thing. Uh, This has happened in Canada, and it's now happening in the U.S. And I will go ahead and say, sue them out of existence. Sue them all. Keep this up. Put the pressure on. We don't need to allow this transgender ideology, which is so harmful to our children. Obviously, it was very harmful, harmful to Chloe. Uh, we wish her all the best, obviously, in uh, the rest absolutely. of her life. Obviously, her body's been mutilated and things like that. She she won't be able to live, you know, with her full female appendages as she probably wants to, and it's absolutely terrible. But and so know, we do wish goes her the right best. right back
1: to the whole culture war thing. This is the product of us actually showing up and showing out at these events. Uh, you know, I think it was last month or so ago. Matt Walsh had a big rally out there in Tennessee with her, and you know, so thousands of people showed up. And this is the result. This is the result of showing up. And so, if we keep doing this, you know, the sky's the limit for us.
0: And so, and you know, absolutely. And just like they said, you know, the Hippocratic Oath. Obviously, every medical uh personnel uh, takes the Hippocratic Oath, which says they will, you know, they will use medicine to do no, and they will do no harm. And obviously. They've not been following that. They've been following this like new Hippocratic Oath about equality and you know, you know all these different, you know liberal ideas that are just complete garbage. And it's just it's it really is sad to see that we're we're literally mutilating people's bodies for profit. And so I think that as we see more lawsuits come against these guys, I think they lose. I I, I do not see how any of these folks win. Uh, in these cases, I don't see how any court can decide that the doctors were somehow in the right to cut off perfectly healthy appendages, uh, and obviously they didn't follow the Hippocratic Oath. Um, and so I think you definitely sue all these people for everything that they're worth, get them out of the profession, and absolutely get rid of this ideology. It's harmful to people, it's harmful to children, and it, it has to go. And this is the way that we do it. Yep.
1: Can you set it better myself.
0: And so, speaking of transgenderism in Tennessee especially, obviously, Tennessee has come along and they, obviously, if you heard in the last couple weeks, uh, you may have seen even a popular clip uh, two weeks ago, which we'll show here in just a moment. Um, Tennessee has put a bill on the floor to basically ban transgenderism uh, for minors, or gender-affirming care for minors. Now, granted, This is just the beginning. I don't think Tennessee should obviously stop here. I think that Tennessee should definitely continue this further and say, actually, forget just children, we're just going to get rid of this garbage altogether, because that's quite literally what it is. It's just garbage. People, you don't have a right to mutilate your body. You don't have a right to cut off your genitals. You don't have a right to do all of these things. That's not what liberty is about. Liberty is not the ability to do whatever you want, whatever you want. Liberty is the right to do what you ought to do. And obviously what we ought to do is not cutting off people's perfectly healthy you know, genitalia and body parts and things like that. We shouldn't play into people's delusions. And instead, what we ought to do is to actually give them the actual help that they need in order for them to come out of these delusions and understand yeah. who they truly are is either a man or a woman from birth. And so obviously Tennessee has moved uh, this bill to the governor's desk, which we are absolutely sure it will be signed by the Republican governor up there who's – Name I don't actually know. I don't actually know the Republican governor of Tennessee, uh, Grant. You might know it. Uh, uh, the name I don't actually I don't actually know his name in any way. Um, and uh, we'll make it back to that in just a moment. But I do want to show this clip of Matt Walsh from a couple of weeks ago. It was actually about two weeks ago now, uh, right after our last episode. Um, in which he basically just goes after this uh, Tennessee uh, House representative um, who's a Democrat who tries to get Matt for something he said a long time ago about 16-year-olds and things like that. So uh, let's take a listen to this. Uh, uh, Thank you, Mr. Walsh. I found it interesting, one of our uh, – People uh, testified today that they uh, had their gender-affirming surgery at 16. And I know uh, you in former comments mentioned uh, this uh, on your blog. At about 16, you're an adult who's mature and can make decisions. Uh, you're that at 16. I don't care what anybody says. Even going so far as to say, you know, 16 people, uh, when you're 16, you should be married and uh, and could be pregnant or should be pregnant. Um, so I'm curious if 16
2: is... Uh, a uh, an adult in your view uh, why does this bill have uh, the uh, minor de- defined as uh, 18. Yeah, well uh,
0: yeah that's that's a hit piece you took from media matters uh from something when i was uh, a radio host uh, 13 14 years ago in my early 20s uh it's also not an accurate reflection of what i actually said um, i was talking about uh the fact that people tended to marry young historically and that's all that that was about um how does that relate to the, to this subject just curious to your definition of, of if you feel like people are adults at 16 should well, uh, people are adults at 18 uh, but actually their your your brain is not fully developed until you're 25. So we should be having a conversation about whether we should even be doing these surgeries to people at 18. But certainly before 18. It's it's absurd. I mean do you, do you do you think that a 16 year old can meaningfully consent to having their body parts removed.
1: Do, do you? No? We do not. Yeah, we ask the questions. It's not. It's, uh, okay. Representative hammer, you are recognized.
0: And so, obviously, Matt Walsh just simply goes on with this guy. You know, it's a hit piece for Media Matters. You know, obviously, it's been taken extremely out of context. If you watched the clip, obviously, Matt explains what exactly he was talking about, and things like that. And then he continues to even argue further, like, you know, if we're talking about, like, you know, when the brain stops growing, that's really at 25, so we should probably even argue that maybe this bill, instead of being cut off at 18, why we're not cutting it off at 25 instead. And then, you know, he asks him, like, do you reasonably think that a 16-year-old can consent to, you know, all this – you know sex change and all this stuff and to the which they just,
1: can't answer they just kind of freeze there because
0: he just kind of sits there and is like frozen and then all they of a don't sudden want to answer his, wrong. His, his his buddy comes into the rescue for the rescue and he's like oh well you know we ask the questions around here not you you know because we're you know on this and you can't ask any questions and you can't question you know our our ideas and, and it's it's a whole big sham and it's just absolutely ridiculous, and." Absolutely well done uh, to Matt Walsh. I will give him a clap and a half. So just uh,
1: he deserves a lot of the props for a lot of this stuff that's going on recently. Yeah, uh, he's it's, been a yeah, big. Matt Walsh has this.
0: definitely been a big, a big part of the kicking out this transgender ideology and all sorts of aspects of life. He's been a, bit, a big aspect, obviously with his documentary "What Is a Woman?" and he's constantly been going out hosting rallies and all sorts of things, and pretty much every day on his show seemingly talking about some sort of trans issue and absolutely just blowing into it. And it's absolutely incredible. And uh, so just, you know, thank you to Matt Walsh, I guess, for really pushing along uh, what conservatives are really showing us conservatives the position that we need to take on this issue, because a lot of conservatives uh, don't really want to do that. And he's even come under some flack for that recently, because obviously in his show, I want to say either earlier today or yesterday, I don't remember. Uh, He wrote a letter to Dylan Mulvaney and basically tore into him and told him that, you know, he's like, if this is what you think, if you think you're a beautiful woman, I don't want to see what you'll look like at your worst. And he's like, you'll always be a man and just absolutely tears into him. I don't have the clip. And the conservative right just tried to rip into Matt Walsh. He was trending on Twitter this weekend. So it actually may have been from last week. Uh, He was trending on Twitter uh, this weekend for that, which is absolutely insane um and it, both sides of the political aisle were like oh man you took it too far
1: but this goes right back to what did he say anything we wrong earlier this goes right back but did to he
0: it. say anything that was incorrect in I wish I had yep. the clip pulled I wish I had the clip I really do I wish I had it um and we'll maybe we'll talk about it a little bit more next week as well cuz I I do kind of want to continue to talk about this cuz this is a good topic to talk about yep you know and I'm sure we'll be able to fit it in there somewhere next week and I'll I'll try to have the clip uh as we do that um But, like, everything that he says in the actual clip is 100% true. Like, he doesn't lie about anything. And so, you know, why are we as conservatives so afraid of the truth just because it might be offensive? At that point, you've just lost. If We're no better than the left
1: then, are we? You're no better than
0: the left one. And, like, if you're so afraid to say what's actually true because you're afraid that you might offend someone— you're not conserving anything. All you're conserving is people's safe spaces and their little bubbles that they want to live in for the rest of their life. And it's just – it won't work. You're going to make not it not work. work. You're going to lose. You're going to lose 100% of the time if we continue to do this. And so Matt Walsh is doing a great job of fighting back. Um, and he even argues a similar point in his, basically an entire rebuttal video that he made or he was on his, uh, he was on his podcast uh, sometime this week. In which he talked about, he's like, basically, he's like, did I say anything wrong? And, you know, we shouldn't be lying to people just to make them feel better because then we're obviously no better than the left. Uh, because obviously that's all the left seems to do is they want to lie to you just to make sure that you feel safe and protected, even though that's not how the world works. And so finally, I want to leave off with this one article here um and so obviously inflation is a really bad thing prices are going up all across the nation for all different things first it was gas gas rose from like almost two dollars maybe even a little bit under two dollars like I remember gas being like almost 180 190 something like that super cheap gas so now in most places the average is about four or five dollars outrageous it's pretty it's it's pretty ridiculous Uh, But one thing that people have been taking notice of when it comes to inflation and price increases, and it's eggs. And so, obviously, rising egg prices, I'm reading straight from the article here, Um, I don't have the, uh, I believe it's from, uh, it's just like KFRY, or no, KFYR TV, not really sure what all that's about, I think it's a news network, I think in uh, North Dakota. Um, But they quote, it says, rising egg prices are a characteristic of inflation that has become widely known and noticed. And now as the price continues to rise, a dozen eggs have surpassed the cost of a pound of ground beef for the first time since the tracking of the consumer's prices began in 1980. The average price of a dozen large grade A eggs was $4.82 in January 2023, while a pound of ground beef was $4.64. Um, However, in January of 2022, eggs were only $1.93 and beef was $4.77. And so egg prices have soared nearly 70% in only one year.
1: Just no words. No words. That's outrageous. Eggs. You know, a carton of eggs right now is going for about $6, $7, $8 a piece for 12 eggs. That's outrageous. You can't, these people, we can't afford this. You know, I mean, the everyday American, the the cheapest source of protein out there right now is eggs. Okay, and to make it seven, eight, nine. Well, obviously
0: not anymore. Apparently, it's not gonna anymore. be your ground beef. You find it the it's gonna be your ground beef, which most people are like, you know, even yeah. before inflation, ground beef is still quantitatively more expensive than eggs. At least it, it used to be. It you used know. to be. You know, yeah. if you wanted, if you wanted ground beef, you're gonna have to pay a little bit more for it because obviously it's a little bit more. of, It's not so much of a commodity as something like eggs are. But even now. People can't even find eggs anymore. Like, eggs are so rare to find that the prices can't do anything else but go up. And even after inflation, that only costs even more money for families and homeowners.
1: Yep. No better and, time uh, to be a chicken farmer.
0: Yeah, I know. Like, obviously, if you got your own eggs at home, you are living uh, pretty well right now. I wish I could say for the re- same for the rest of us. But sadly, in Joe Biden's America, that's just simply not the case. I'm Connor. That was Grant. This was the Basin Free Gen Z Podcast.